When it comes to property investing, there are so many mistakes people are making even today, despite so much content being out there. I mean, there's amazing YouTube channels that have been educating for the last three years, like myself, but yeah, still people decide not to watch that and go and make these mistakes anyway. I'm here to make sure you don't make these same mistakes moving forward. So if you're interested, then definitely keep watching. Hey guys, my name's Ravi and welcome back to Personal Finance with Ravi Sharma. If you're new here, smash that subscribe button because I talk about real estate, cryptocurrency and financial freedom. Now at the moment, there are so many differing strategies, thoughts, headlines, all suggesting the extremes. Now we are already accustomed to this because I'm assuming you've been watching the channel for a while. And for those that are new, you're probably gonna sit here and watch this video. And if you do like what I have to say, then there's like 600 other videos on this channel. And you'll have your work cut out for you because it's gonna be more binge worthy than the new show on Netflix. Yeah, I think a bunch of people just clicked off the video. But either way, let's jump into some of the investing mistakes that people are making right now. And I wanna share some of my thoughts around how you can navigate yourself through this market because trust me, it is not easy to invest and invest for the long term. Number one is constantly watching the markets. Now, unless you're in crypto, you don't need to sit there and watch the markets all the time. In fact, I would argue that if you are watching the markets and you're in crypto, you've probably lost all your hair and you don't sleep much at night because that market is 24 seven. And the volatility in those markets are so extreme that yes, you could probably have a heart failure by the time it's 6 p.m. But by 12 a.m. you're at the clubs having fun. You know what I'm saying? Jokes aside, when it comes to investing, you need to take a long-term approach. You are only going to apply logic over the long-term in a market like this when you're not constantly looking at prices. Now, the good thing about real estate here in Australia is that it moves fairly slowly. So you're not gonna sit there and go, oh, well, I bought a property for 400K at 9 a.m. By the time it's 3 p.m., I could probably quit my job. And then by the time it's 12 a.m. the next morning, I'm probably on a flight to Bora Bora. Now, it doesn't work like that. How it works is that it takes time for that market to realize those price gains. And although, yes, there are markets that are absolutely killing it and going up a lot quicker, it generally takes a lot longer. And because there isn't really a gauge to see how much your property is worth every single minute of the day, it's actually a good thing. Because the longer you can stay away from the market, not look at those prices, the more you're gonna keep your emotions in check and understand that, hey, if I come back and I look in six months and 12 months, how much is it worth? What has the property done? Then you'll find it's a lot easier to stay in the market long-term. Number two is chasing the trends. And what I mean by this, and it could be replaced by watching the headlines, is that people get swayed so easily because we're highly strung when it comes to emotions. We're so determined to get instant gratification that unless something is happening right now, we lack patience. I'm sure there's some sort of study that's been done where we track how much patience people had on average, like 30 years ago and where it is now. I feel like it is so much lower now because they want quick dopamine hits. And that's because of social media and all a bunch of other things like technology making things easier. But as a result of all of this, we have so much information coming at us left, right and center. You might hear my thoughts on this channel followed by another video by someone else and you'll be like, I'm so confused. Then you read a book and then you go and see some headlines and now you're definitely confused and you don't make any moves at all. So chasing the trends and chasing headlines will always mean that you're behind the eight ball. And what I mean by that is by the time it's a headline, it's already done. The best way to understand this is when at the end of the year, you see articles that come out and say that, oh my God, property prices went up in these areas. What most people do, and if you're one of them, it's okay, because I've been one of them before. And you sit there and you go, okay, these are the best places to invest. That's how it's titled. And you see all these places that have grown by 13%, 14%, 26%, and you're like, great. What's the next move you make? Realestate.com. And then you go, I'm gonna look up all those areas because that's the best place to invest. Problem is, you're entering a market now 13, 14% higher than where it was 12 months ago. So the best time to actually invest was before the move was made, right? So if you're looking at headlines, the market's already made its decision. And yes, once 
those headlines come out, more attention comes in, and that's when you start seeing FOMO pricing and prices go a bit silly. That's when we don't wanna be buying in those markets. In fact, we've already created our positions, established it, let the market do its thing, the retail emotional buyers come in, and we've already moved on to the next place. Meanwhile, we get the equity from those markets, we can then use that into the next market. Simple as that. Number three is following bad advice. Now this could be through social media, it could be through those uncles and aunties that think they know everything. It's most likely some random uncle that you know at a family gathering. But essentially they have an idea of what they think the market is. But if they're not doing this on a day-to-day -day basis and they actually haven't achieved that in today's market, then it's pretty null and void. And I've been in this position personally as well where you just sort of go, yep, I totally get what you're saying, but I don't think you know what you're talking about. And sometimes you just have to do that because hey, family's important, right? Yeah, but whether it's coming from your uncle, whether it's coming from your hairdresser or the Uber driver, you need to take stock of where this information is coming from and get context. It's like the equivalent of you coming on here and trying to understand what my thoughts are on the latest makeup trends. Um, Like I wouldn't know, right? And I've just chose makeup because I suppose that would be the weirdest thing I could talk about on this channel personally. But if you came here to understand how real estate works, then yes, you'd probably have come to the right place. So it's context behind the advice. Now you could also speak to someone who's done quite well and they'll share those experiences is going, this is all the stuff that you can do and it's fantastic. But you could also equally speak to someone who's had a really bad experience and then is so scarred from it, they'll tell you to never invest again. And that's probably the wrong way you wanna do it. Number four is not having patience. So I know this links up to the earlier points, so I'm not gonna to spend too much time on it, but not having patience around things that take time. So for instance, when it comes to markets, they're all cyclical, right? Everything sort of rhymes, they're about the same, but they're not exactly the same. And that's largely driven by the emotions that people have. When you're at the top and everyone wants to buy, everyone's made so much money, they're telling their friends. You're not telling your friends when you've lost a bunch of money, right? You're probably keeping to yourself, you're not posting anywhere, and that's how cycles end up working over time. But some cycles take longer than others. And so if you're sitting there and going, oh, why hasn't my property gone up in value, or the rents haven't increased, but Ravi's telling me everything's increased, or you're sitting there and saying, well, every other crypto went up, but mine didn't, you just gotta take some time. And yes, you've gotta cut the losers, there sometimes might be a dud investment in your portfolio, but just give it time, just be patient, things will work out, as long as you're active in the micro and just patient in the macro, you'll be okay. Number five is using money you actually need. I've heard this time and time again where people will go and overstretch themselves, over leverage themselves with money they actually need. And then three months later, they're like, ah. Uh. Yeah, I kind of need that money and now I'm screwed. A classic example of this is over the last two years, if you had people go in, throw all their money into the stock market, all into crypto, and you're like, cool, I know this is gonna grow. So in like two years, I'm gonna be able to take out 30% extra and life's good. But in the meantime, we've seen interest rates go up and suddenly that house mortgage is costing a lot more and all your money is now stuck in stocks, but the stocks you bought actually went down. So you're negative on your position, but you now have to sell it in order to go and fund your actual investment or your own house. And that's where the problem is, is that if you aren't forward planning and you don't allocate your resources properly, it could mean that you're out of the market when in fact you should be in the market and be doubling down at that time. So just don't use money that you can't afford to lose and on top of that, money that you actually need. So have the foresight to go, okay, I can be patient with this. I know that I'm gonna need this money in two months. So let me just put it aside and not use it. Number six is not having a strategy and clear defined goals. It's important you know where you're going, right? And I always talk about it on the channel with having a strategy. If you wanna deep dive into that, this is a video that you should definitely go check 
check out. It's a whiteboard video. So you'll be able to go and grasp all the visuals from it. But what I'm focused on is the vision. So yes, the strategy makes up for it. Yes, there's a roadmap to it, but we need to know what the vision is. And I ask people a lot of the times, what are you actually investing for? And it might be, hey, early retirement. Great. Why do you want to retire early? What are you going to do with that time? And that's often followed by, oh, I don't really know. So what you need to do is go, yes, the vision is early retirement. Then start taking the steps backwards to understand what exactly do I want and why do I want it? And that will then clearly define how you go and actually achieve it. By having a fluid strategy, it means that yes, the markets are going to change and do unexpected things. But if you're fluid in your approach, you'll be able to adapt and navigate quite nicely through those turbulent times. Now, a video I really want to make for you guys is how to invest during a recession. Because at this point, there's a high probability we're going to end up in a recession in the next six to 12 months. So if you're interested in that video, definitely leave me a comment down below going investing in a recession and I'll make that video for you guys next week. My final tip is actually not investing at all, which is save an emergency fund. Before you go out there and look at the next shiny thing or you really want to buy a Charizard card or it might be an investment property, just have an emergency fund first. This is going to give you so much peace of mind, even despite you doing 99% of the numbers and everything's checking out by having the emergency fund, it's going to keep you away from making a rash emotional decision. The amount of times I've been in a position where even I've been swayed emotionally to go and do something, as long as I've got an emergency fund, I simply have to switch my computer off, take a walk, and I'll often come back and be more logical about it because I've already got the money that's set aside. I don't need to sell the bottoms on anything and I just need to wait and be patient. And so that emergency fund is going to give you peace of mind. It's going to give you sleep at night factor. And of course, the emergency fund is in case of an emergency. So don't think oh, I've got to take a holiday. It's an emergency. You've got to actually put that aside to go, hey, what happens if there is a cyclone and my house gets ripped apart? Or what happens if my car gets totaled and now I don't have a way to get around? Or what happens if my kid needs something and I'm not able to provide it? The whole idea of the emergency fund is this buffer that allows you to sleep at night. It allows you to stay in the markets. And as you go through the ups and downs, you're able to logically focus on your vision. And that's how you can achieve actual wealth rather than a lot of this other shit that people put out there saying, you'll get rich overnight. Yeah, nah, I don't think so. Anyways, if you guys have enjoyed this video, smash that like button. And if you haven't subscribed already, I'm not sure why not. Smash that subscribe button and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks guys.